The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, a couple big uh, things happening in the hockey world, Tom, and I have a fresh serving of crow for you because, no. well, your, your boy Jack Eichel is the Stanley Cup champion, the number one center. No, I, I listen. I, I guess, yes, I do need to eat some crow because I didn't think that they would win it. Uh, but um, my feeling about him as a player, and again, I should be careful when I say this because I don't know the man at all, never spoken to him, uh, but I just have this thing about him when I watch his body language and the way he talks and everything like that, that he's just, he needs to, I would like to see him for his own good, be more of a competitive player. But do you think maybe in hindsight he just really wanted to get out of Buffalo in that situation? Well, I think eventually he wanted to get out of Buffalo, but, Again, I just didn't like the way he handled the whole thing. But again, you know, like the, even the comments when he first went back to Buffalo and they were booing him and everything, he said that's the most the most noise they've made. Since well, whatever. listen, he had a broken neck, remember? Like, he had yeah. issues. He had issues, all right. Uh, you know what, though? The, the flip side of that is uh, George McPhee, former teammate and friend of mine, uh, you know, putting that team together, oh, yeah. uh, did it in six years. And he played a huge role in that, too, really? like those guys that you got in the expansion draft. So it's, you're glad to see him do it. You know, he built a great team there in Washington, had to move on, and then they won after he was gone. So he's he's clearly one of the top GMs around the National Hockey League based on, on what he did in Washington and how quickly he put them oh, together. Yeah. And, and, you know, Conn Smythe Trophy winner was Jonathan Marcheseau, right? who, and our Ranger fan listeners are going to love this, who was with the Connecticut Whale in 2012, oh, and they didn't that. sign him. Yeah, a lot of people don't. They, he played a year with the Connecticut Whale as an undrafted free agent, and then they didn't re-sign him. Oh, and then he went to Florida after that. He right? eventually went to Florida. Yeah, he got picked up in the expansion draft. And then I, yes, yeah, yeah, right. And look at where he is now. I know that's a good story, right? Consmith, and he was a Ranger property at one point. Oh, that's amazing. But George McPhee did a great job of putting that group together. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, listen, it wasn't without some highs and lows and some bumps in the road too. I mean, the coaching changes. You know, the situation with the goaltenders. Mark yep. Andre Fleury was there. Um, well, they had five goalies this year. Credit to Sean Burke, who yeah, the goalie coach, because right. they got the best out of Aiden Hill. But they had Jonathan Quick, they had Logan Thompson, yeah, they had they had right. five goalies right. on the ice last night, and they really hammered. Right? Not just with the score, or like the, that last game was the last game with nine three, nine three. But yeah, it, they really outplayed. The game was over early. Yeah, yeah. But in fairness to Florida, Matthew Kachuk, I must say Keith Kachuk, was playing with a broken sternum. Oh, it's not a game four. Oh, Oregon started. I didn't see that. They said he couldn't even get dressed. His brother was getting him dressed. And then by game five, they said, look, you can't. You just can't play. And he oh. and he wanted to try to get out there. But he played all of game four with the broken stern. Oh, probably from that big hit that he took. Oh. And then Aaron Ekblad was revealed. And this happens after every playoff. They reveal the injuries. Yeah. Had a broken foot in the Boston series. Wow. So he played through that. I mean, these guys were, you know, they really battled. I think it looks, they just ran out of gas. Yeah, you do see that every year when it's over. And you're just like, oh, my. You know, I like to play like Patrice Bergeron those years in Boston when they went to the finals sure. and stuff. I had uh, popped some ribs off my sternum when I was in college. I'd separated my shoulder. I went down to block the puck on the boards, and the guy came in and kneed me, so pull, pulled my right side back, separated my shoulder, popped ribs off my sternum. Jesus. That was awful. Like, to, to know that he played with a, a fractured sternum, that's because your lungs are up. They, sure. Especially if you're playing the game, you're trying to breathe. Did you did you play through any playoff injuries in your career? Yeah. Like, you know, a lot, all guys did. Almost every player. You know, the sprained ankles, sure. and, you know, broken fingers and stuff like that. But, you know, what? that's part of, look, it's, even when you're doing it, even though it hurts, it's part of like, you're, man, that's cool. Like, yeah. And it's a strange thing to say it that way, but you're in the playoffs, the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs and all the guys playing with all the broken bones and all that stuff. So when you're actually doing it, man, it sounds like really barbaric, but the pain actually feels good. Like, it's like, okay, I am, I'm in the standing, I'm really in the standing cup playoffs now. So, yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah, and you just play through the pain, yeah. but eventually you just run out of gas. And that, yeah. that happened to your Rangers in 86. And it looks like it happened to Florida th- uh, this year. Yeah. Just, they just hit a wall. Especially when you get behind the eight ball, like when they get down three, one in games, you know, you, you'd like to say, well, just one game at a time and all that stuff. But especially the guys are all hurt. You know, they're not quitting. They, they never quit, but 
yeah, you just nobody. But Vegas was hyped for game for game yeah. five. The, the whole city, the team, they were they were fired up. Mark Stone had the hat trick. They were just they, free free lap dances is that one for life. Yeah, for all of them. And that's why that's why there were forty five guys in uniform on the ice last night after they won. It was so funny. I was driving around yesterday. Yeah, I was listening to the NHL Network uh, on the radio, and uh, they weren't even talking about the free lap dances. But I'm thinking, I thought that's just like. That's yeah. coming back like 30 years from now. Sure. Yeah, right. yeah, say, listen, I need the free lap dance. The other big news locally is that the Rangers have a new head coach. Yes, they do. Pierre Lavalette. What are your thoughts on uh, Peter? Now, he's after your time, right? Uh, correct. He actually, I saw he played 12 games. He had a cup of coffee. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know when that was. But uh, yeah, so uh, listen, I, I was a huge Gerard Gallant guy, obviously. Yep. And I wanted him as a coach. For whatever reason, they didn't want to keep him. There's all these rumors going on and stuff. But. Listen, Peter Laviolette's one Laviolette. 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 He changed it. Laviolette. Why do these people change? They'll change their name. So he's won a cup. Uh, he, people say great things about him. Yep. Uh, but he always gets fired. Right. So what? I mean, there's a reason. There's got to be a reason why that happens, right? Seems like there's a carousel where all these guys just keep getting rehired, fired, and rehired. Okay. Kind of is, that is the national. I can think about it. You know, they they fire coaches. It's it's really. I mean, it, the players have got to play. The bottom line, yeah. So, what does it really? What does a coach really do? Like, I still wonder myself, really, what is a good coach? Well, you had a few, right? Well, Herb Brooks is a great coach. Yep. Um, Robert Torque, I loved him as a coach. I, I guess. So, I guess I'm answering my own question here. So, with Herb, what I thought made him great was knowing the players, their personalities, their, you know, what really made them tick, you know, what role they should be in, really doing that and making sure that they played their role, yep. and everybody, you know, w- would be successful if they played their role. So that was thing with Herb. With these coaches now, though, I, I I thought you know Glant. What made him good was he let his players go out and play, and as long as they played hard, it didn't make it, it made mistakes. But they could make mistakes. But if they got to play hard, now but it was they, good the first year though, right? Second year, right? What happened? Well, yeah, it's the same thing because now there's first year in Vegas when he coached there too. That he got a lot out of those guys. Like he was a big reason why they're successful. The players played well too, and George McPhee picked the right players. Yep, expansion draft. But Glant really got a lot out of that. Sure. Uh, so yeah, but then he lost the room. See, if, if I'm playing, I want that guy, guy, kind of guy as a coach. And I would fight to make sure that we're successful. You really didn't ever think about the coach getting hired and fired because you just knew in pro hockey that they were getting hired and fired all the time. But not with this frequency. They have a very short shelf lives. Yeah, more and more. Yeah, it just doesn't. Well, we, you know, it's, I, it's also probably generational, too, because we talked to Mark Howe, and he said he was brought up to know that the coaches were always right, yeah. no matter what. Totally. Yeah. So these guys, you know. Yeah, they're so different. Like different people. They're not bad people. These players now, but they question things. That's the nature sure. of being a young person. Now they question more stuff. It's not just in hockey. Uh, they want to know, okay, why are we doing this? Yeah, I never. We about to ask why. You showed up and did you? Yeah, I mean, to go to a coach back then and say, "Herb, why am I doing this?" <laughs> like, <laughs> why he'd probably throw you out of his room. Right? Go, yeah, there'd be some foul language, and he'd be like. You late lie, you idiot. Just do what I tell you to do. Yeah, yeah don't ask yeah. any questions. Well, it, Ranger fans, the reaction is is kind of mixed. I would say maybe lukewarm. Um, I, I have a buddy in Texas, former re- uh, retired New York police officer, Scott Morrison. Scotty Moe thinks it's going to be a good move, right. but he uh, he wants to. He's willing to you know see it out and see what right. he does. So here here's the deal. They've got arguably the best goaltender in the National yep. Hockey League, uh, Norris Trophy, trophy winning defenseman, and some yep. other good young defensemen as well. Uh, their their offense, excuse me, offensive ability up front is you know, right up there with everybody else in the National Hockey League. Yep. Uh, so if they win, uh, it's going to be because of that talent. But because of the move they just made, Lavoulette's going to get credit for doing it, and sure. Chris Drury for making the move as well. So, well, I think everyone who watches the Rangers knows that the key to this team are those three young forwards. If they don't take that next step, they're not going. Well, I, I was going to argue there. I'm going to say Sashurkin's the key, but you're right. Those. I mean, if not just uh, this coming season, but the future of the organization. That's it. Right? Because they banked on those three players being really good players, getting better and better all the time. And they, you know, particularly in the playoffs last year, they kind of took a step backwards. The, kind of, the playoffs two seasons ago, they were great. They yep. were ascending. And then yep. this year, they kind of just didn't do anything, which yeah. was it was rough. They need, they need them. Yeah. And, you know, they made the move to get Tarasenko and to get Patrick King. Uh, moves that you say, well, you can't not make the right moves if you get a chance to add two great offensive players like that. Yeah. But... Was part of the byproduct of that, those three players now being bumped down in the lineup and then not because all year long they're playing in the top six. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they're bumped down in the lineup and they're thinking, what's well, going on? Especially because Kane didn't play well. So now no, he didn't play well. it's human nature. You're sitting there on the bench, you're saying, okay, let me get straight. I'm getting less ice time. I'm down in the lineup. And this, this guy with a broken hip. And they probably all knew it too. They all knew he was, he was damaged goods. Uh, yeah. I just think that 
everyone says they need more time to play. They get plenty of time. I just think what they do need is power play time because you, uh, you're you not a goal scorer. I know we've talked about this a million times, but goal scorers get their confidence on the power play. Yeah, they do. But you know what they also get it to? And I don't know these three guys, and I think he in particular looks like he's got a fantastic work ethic. I, I don't know about the work, work ethic of Lafreniere. Oh, close. What, what is it? Lafreniere. He, he, changed, again? Cha- he keeps changing. So, uh, but you're right. You're, you're going to get the uh, ice time in the power play during the games, but you also have to work hard and practice. Sure. Because we're all the same. If you don't put the work in, uh, you don't be able, you're not able to give yourself a license to be confident. Uh, so again, don't know the work ethics, but sometimes I look at that Laffy guy. There you go. Thinking, okay, you, you got to make yourself a player. You're first overall pick in the draft. You can't wait for coaches or whatever. You got to have motivation yeah. to drive. You know, we had, we did a, po- a podcast with Bertie Perron. You talked about his passion that he's still yep. got at seven or eight years old. You know, and you, you've got to have that passion. Find that passion, push through. Like you always say, just you yeah. know, be a bull and just push through. Yeah. Just to say, I want to be a big time NHL hockey player and I can't wait for somebody else to make it happen for me. I've got to do it. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully they're hiring the best trainers, the best skating coaches, the, you know, the best conditioning coaches. Yeah. They're just going after it this summer. I know. And you're right with those things. It's totally, but it's in your head too. Yeah. You, you've got to decide this and that with this motivational speaker or motivational videos you watch or whatever, get, pump the positivity into your head, tell yourself you're going to be a great player, but you got to do the work to be yep. that great player. But you're right. You know, all those individual skills coaches that you have to have as well. Yep. Well, a couple of things before we close, we, uh, today is June 14th as we tape this uh, episode and it is the anniversary of the New York Rangers last Stanley cup 29 years ago. Oh, is that right? Eh? 29 years. Is it gone 29? That's pretty nice. Isn't that crazy? I remember watching that too. And, you know, being a former Ranger, this party that was really happy, you know, going, man, that's going to be great when the Stanley Cup in New York City. The party was jealous too. Like, I should, I should be totally. There. Oh, man. We missed that. It was a, it was a weird feeling because, again, I was legitimately happy to watch them. them when right. I was out of the game by then. I wasn't playing. I was in the agent business. New York, um, 22 years. Yes. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. But that changed. Things have changed now because back in '94, there were probably not many ex Rangers in the building. But now you, you guys are all over the place, which yeah. is, is the way it should I be. Don't you remember though? They had a uh, like a box set up down down low. Uh, I think there was like stand right in the, on the ice, but uh, outside the boards. But I think there's like 20 guys. There. Oh, were there? Yeah, okay. they had a special. Did thing. you get invited? No, I was out in Michigan at the time. I moved to Michigan. Yeah. In the agent business. Yes, I was in the agent business. Yes, I was. And that's one. And then also, anyone listening to this show, if they want to check us out, we did a nice spot on uh, Game Breakers on Amazon yesterday. It's cool with Aton uh, and Drex. It's the June twelfth episode. Right. And um, that was live. We did it yesterday, but it stays on their site, right? Yeah, so it'll be on. Yeah, anyone can see it on Amazon Prime on Game Breakers. I was. Li- I know. I like that. You know why I like that? Why that was good? Because I talked way more than you did. Well, yeah, that's a shock. Yeah. <laughs> Never happened. He looked very good on camera, though. My wife is impressed with your skincare techniques. So for skin is the largest organ in your body, so you got to take care of it. Right? You got to take care of your body. Got to take care. Take of care of all your organs, Tom. I, what is wrong? With you? you know, I never like I was that guy too that didn't, never took care of my skin. Now it's like avocados, sea moss, and moisturizer, hydrating, cold showers, just like the ladies in Greenwich. Oh God, guys, what are you talking about? Go check that out. and listen. If you enjoy our podcast, um, please like, share, subscribe, follow, spread it around. Yeah. What else we got, Tom? Uh, well, with the podcast, I got to tell you, I'm really happy with the way it's going. We're getting some great guests on. Oh, yeah. you know, Bruce McNall, we, you know, had Barry Beck and uh, Bernie Perron on recently. Uh, so really good guests. Great stories, too. Oh, yeah. uh, the Bruce McNall one was interesting, him telling the stories about the back, you know, Fire and Robbie Vittoric. And, Very uh, much so. Yeah, and then and today we're going to have a guest who was a pest to you and a tough-as-nails little guy, Bob Bass. That's a great oh, episode. good guy, too. Oh, he was off the play against Small little guy. Like, he'd hammer him, and then he'd look at he's going to kill you, and he'd look like, you a little shrimp out there, but he, you did not mess with him. Yeah, that dog in him, like George McPhee. Oh, one of those guys, when you look in the lineup and say, I got to play against this guy today, it's like, oh, come on. Now, he seems good. And that's up next. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. All right, Tom, I'm really excited today. We have one of your former rivals from the Patrick Division. Who was also a rival of yours recently in your alumni game? We have right. a tough grinding forward from the Islanders, among other teams. We have Bob Basson on today. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean that, I mean that in a very good way. I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, you were, and I mean when I joke around when I say hate you, I think that's kind of a ter- term you use uh, lovingly because you had such a you had a great career. I mean, you're a small guy, but you just never quit, and never back down. I was telling Tom before the show that I tried to intimidate you. That was the worst mistake I ever made. So. Good to see you. How you doing, brother? Yeah, doing awesome. Thank you for having me on. Well, I, I think we, I think we, I think we all hated each other when we played each other back then. 
Yeah. And now we now we uh, support each other, which is really nice. Isn't that true? Because like you and I really yeah. never met each other, but when we were in town for the alumni game, it's like we'd known each other for 30 years. Yeah, it's it's one of the, the really neat things about the NHL is we, we literally bloodied each other up and now we can we can yeah. do things together and, and support and raise money for good causes and, and yeah. have some fun, which is really nice. Yeah, it was. That, that event you guys put yeah. on was fantastic too. So uh, many thanks for that. So yeah. uh, where'd you grow up? Where's home? I grew up in Calgary. Uh, I had a little rink in our backyard. My dad was a NHL uh, goalie for the Detroit Red Wings, and so I have I've got yeah it's in it's in our blood. There was four boys and a girl. Our sister was right in the middle. Talk about being abused. My my poor sister just you know like we would shoot pucks at her. We'd put her in net. And, but uh, yeah, I grew up in Calgary and uh, had a really good family. Great mom and dad. You grew up in a Christian home. I did. Yeah, I had uh, I had Christian parents that uh, took us to church on Sunday, and um, that the rule was if it was a non-playoff game, we went to church. If it was a playoff game, we went to the playoff game. So that's, there was many days I'd sit in those wooden pews thinking my team's playing, and uh, just couldn't couldn't right. handle it. But it, it gave it gave me a good base, and my brothers and sister. A really good base for life and uh it's good to have good parents i had really good parents yeah it sounds like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Some values. yeah. yeah. um so you when you start playing were you one of the star players right away as a kid i was uh, it came not easy but easier than most kids i was an athlete it was interesting tom when i was first year midget i got cut from the triple a team oh. and i it's first time i ever got cut and i was like whoa uh, but it was good for me. It, it it made me work a little harder, and uh, I was a little bit smaller, so I think that had something to do with it. Right. But uh, I, I think we learned from the hardest times in life, at least for me. Yeah. I learned the most. and uh, Yeah, isn't that true, right? When you make mistakes, uh, I don't even know if you realize at the time when you're young, but as you get older, you look back at your life and you realize you know, all those mistakes or bad things that happened to you. You know, if you're really going to be successful, you have to like recover from those quickly and really learn from those situations. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I I never got drafted. Oh, uh, yeah, and I, I I almost quit. I almost went back uh, to college. I was going to go to the University of Calgary, right. and then I got a tryout with the New York Islanders and and signed a contract. But uh, I I'd love to talk about that because yeah. it was really interesting. That like I like I said, I almost quit, and then I got a tryout. But they had just won four cups, and well, you know, uh, yeah. you played against them. Yeah, he knows well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there was so I I I grew up admiring all these guys like uh, you know Clark Gillies and Bobby Bourne and Bobby Nye was my idol, and oh, yeah. I I went to their camp as uh, you know like just a free agent, and I I admired them, but I knew like if I don't show something here, uh, I'm going to be on the next playing back to medicine hat sure so i i didn't care like i was i i would run bobby nye and clark gillies and they were like looking at me and like they wanted to tear me apart but i was i was small but um i'll never forget it i played an exhibition game in philadelphia my first training camp and we were busting back and it was nighttime and um bill tory he said bass get get up get up to the front of the bus and i'm sitting beside him and i'm thinking i'm going back to to medicine had he goes i want to offer you a contract and i was like wow they they paid me five grand to sign and i think i was making like forty thousand in the nhl and i thought i went to heaven i know is that true yeah. yeah yeah so so did you play junior hockey i played in medicine hat yeah oh, okay. right. the tigers yeah so would that have been if you if you still had time left in junior you could have gone back for like overage year or yeah i could have but i so I ended up uh, signing a contract, and then my next season, I had a great season, and I got invited to the World Junior Team, the Canadian team, and I made that team. Oh, and we won the World Junior over in Finland, and then the Islanders. Well, they they thought they they had a free agent, and now he's on the World Junior Team. So they they redid my deal and gave me ten grand to sign. Oh, right. <laughs> so they they doubled my signing bonus. Uh, and gave me a little bump. I think I made fifty or fifty-five thousand in NHL. So the year when you signed the contract, you went back to Medicine Hat with the. But you signed the contract. Is that how it worked? That's right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Happy World Day, World Junior Year. Wow, that's pretty cool. So yeah. how did you, how did you get the tryout? Did somebody know you from the Island organization? 
So Ed Chenault was the president of the Western Hockey League at the time, and uh, he had watched me play, and he had ties with the Islanders. He knew them really well, and I think he he put a good word in for me, and I, I got a trial. So right. So did Gillies or Nystrom ever say something to you, like you're running around a training camp with everybody? Did they ever talk to you about it? Clarky, uh, they never really said anything. They, Clarky and Borny were the best guys, man. Yeah, they, yeah. when I finally made the team, they they took me under their wing, as we all need when we're rookies. You know, oh. like we need people to protect us. And Clarky was my left winger, so when I finally played in the NHL, I was running around. That was my game. You know, like I. I just played hard, just like you and most guys. Yeah. But I fought. I had to fight my fights. But Clarky was mine. Yeah. <laughs> Clark, when I got in trouble, Clarky come around and everybody, you just see their faces. Yeah, totally. They just back off, right? And then Clarky, I think, either got traded or signed with Buffalo the next year. Yeah. And they Bobby Bowson was on his own then. <laughs> yeah, um, Clarky. Yeah, he was. Um, we got to be uh, pretty good friends before he passed away. He was a good man. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. He, um, yeah, like, I mean, he took care of me on the ice and off the ice. He, yeah, they, you need that, right? When you're yeah. young, you're like in New York and you're like, man, you just need some guidance and some help. And him and Borny and Bobby Nye, they were great. Yeah. My, my very first year, I think it was my first road trip. I, I, you know, like in the lobby, you get your key to your room. Right. For, and so I got my key and I, I go up to my room and I open it up and Danny Potvin's standing there. And little did I know is he like room by himself his whole career, right? Just won four cups. He's looking at me like, this you're in the wrong room, kid. <laughs> uh, so, How is that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we had a, he's a fly fisherman. I love fishing. We had a good conversation. We had something in common. But then the next night I was in a different room. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's a pretty intimidating man too, right? Like he's, I mean, he's a good guy from what I understand, but he's, yeah, he's well-spoken. It's, yeah. His, so two of my fingers is one of his fingers. Oh, really? Oh, oh my gosh. He's got, he's got this biggest hands. I was like, wow. wow. He's so good. Was Al Arbor still coaching then? Al, my first year, Al coached half the year and then, I think he stepped down and Terry Simpson took over. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Terry Terry's from the West too, right? Did you know him previously? Yeah. Well, Terry was our coach in, for the World Junior that I was on, the Canadian okay. team. So that was when he came. I mean, obviously, Al was awesome. And then when Terry came, that was that helped me. So where did yeah. you fit in with the Islanders then? I mean, guys were starting to leave. Like, Gillies was leaving. We like You were in the top six, top nine, right? The forwards there? I w- yeah, I was... Actually, my first training camp, I played with on the left side with uh, Trotz and Mike Bossy. The team saw me on the World Junior, and then uh, so I went through the whole whole training camp. Then my first game in LA, I got hit by uh, is it Dean Kennedy? Yeah. Oh, man. He's yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he knocked me out. My knee buckled. So um, that was the last time I was on Trotz's line. I uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was fun though. Yeah, no, what, a, what a blast! Right. That you were also yeah. part of the longest game seven in NHL history too. You want to talk about that a little bit? That's right. Yeah. Easter epic. Yeah, that was that was something you never forget. We were down three games to one in the first round to Washington, and we came back in game seven, fourth overtime. So period seven, and Patty Lafontaine scored. So yeah, yeah, man, you never forget the, those those experiences. Like you, you get to a point where you you. Nobody has any energy, even if you get a chance to, right. to to break break free from everybody. So that's what I wonder because I never was in a long game like that. Is that we get to that point where you just got nothing left in the tank? Yeah, you come out of the gate like for a shift, you got nothing left. You just right. yeah. I remember the kid, the uh, third guy for the the Capitals. You know, he works the visiting room. He brought over an oxygen tank, and we heard that he got fired because oh. of that. Yeah, he brought it over for us, like. Poor kid. So, Bob, what are you guys doing? Are you eating? Are you, like, just hydrating? What are you doing for that length of time in a game like that? We're scrounging for something to eat, for sure, because you you just got nothing left in the tank. You know, like, and there's so much pressure, right? Yeah. So you combine the, you know, like, the lo- the the length of it plus the pressure, and you're like, holy smokes. It's, it's draining. And, 
but it's a lot of relief when your team wins. So while you're there, then is boss retire at that point where you're still there? Mike bossy. What did boss do? Yeah. I think boss did. Yeah. He retired. And then like guys like Clarky went somewhere else. Brian Trachi went, he went and played. Did he play in Pittsburgh? Yeah. 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 So slowly, slowly guys left. And then, the expectations were so high, like because yeah. they 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 expected to win a cup every year, sure. and we were rebuilding. So, yeah, but it was a great experience. Uh, it was it was a dream come true to play with those guys. Yeah, you, you know, keep like, in touch with a lot of those guys, like with Trache, You keep in touch with them. I don't I don't keep in touch with them. I I know uh, the Sutters really well. Oh, sure. I keep in touch with them, and um, yeah, it's but I, I see Brian. Uh, at like the NHL alumni meetings and it's uh, it's nice to see him. Uh, definitely. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. How many years did you spend with the Islanders then? I was there three years. Okay. And they yeah. got traded? They got traded uh, to Chicago for um, uh, too many too many concussions. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Did you have a lot of concussions early? I did have a lot of concussions, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you, that. you actually got traded with Steve Conroy for Mark Bergeron and Gary Nyland. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yep. Stevie and I got traded. How are you now with all the concussions? Does that, does that bother you at all? I'm I'm good. My my wife says I'm not good. So <laughs> uh I no, I I'm the same way. I just assume a lot of us have CTE and brain damage. And somebody suggested one time I go get my brain tested, what are you gonna do? Give me another brain? It's and what yeah. wouldn't fit in that head anyway. I <laughs> have two brains in this melon. <laughs> yeah. my short term, it's really weird, uh Tom Tom and um Tom and Tom. It's Tom and Tom. Yeah, it's Tom and Tom. Yeah. 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 But again, that's a made up name. His name is not really that. He made that up. So yeah. go ahead. He's a copycat, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. My short term is sometimes funny. Like people I know really well. It just I just go like Oh, is that right? It's, it's weird. But do you think I'm doing this? Do you think it affects the concussions? I think it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you keep yourself pretty healthy too, right? Like you're into fitness and eating well and Yeah, I yeah, I eat really good. I um, yeah, I, I had a, a little scare. I had a stint put in. It was the hardest thing for me as a, as someone that like worked out and I was, I wasn't fat, you know, I had a heart problem, I had a stint in. And so I went to a plant-based diet, um, because I'm, I'm smart enough to know that if, you know, like I got a blockage somewhere, then the rest is yeah probably not perfect. So, and it's, it's paid off and yeah. I do crave some things though. Tom. I know, I know. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah, you try to eat healthy. Yeah, but but it does. I think once you understand what you're doing to your body, you realize, okay, this is this makes sense. I've got to do it. I think especially yeah. like even the intermittent fasting, uh, I think is really good for your. It's regenerating the cells in your brain and your body too. So 
I, if I ride my bike on a weekend in the summer and I smell the barbecue, boy, I, I yeah. When they're when they're grilling out, that's a tough day for me. It is, it is too. Yeah. So how long were you in Chicago then? Chicago, I was there. Um, I played the rest of that season. We we got beat by Calgary uh, in the semifinals. They went out on to win. Then I went. I played in Indianapolis for Daryl Sutter the next year, for part of the year. We won a cup. Uh, and then I got picked up by the Blues the next year in the waiver draft. Okay. Yeah, I got back into the NHL. Yeah. Was it a surprise when you got traded by the Islanders, or did you see that coming? Oh my gosh, had, Tom, you got had you been traded? Yeah, I got traded from uh, so eighty six, eighty seven at the deadline. I went to LA. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, you're young. You're like, yeah. I, I just remember looking at him, going, "You're what? You're trading me?" Like it, it was, it was a big shock. And you know, the the nice thing is. Uh, if you get traded from one team that doesn't like you anymore, yeah. there's a team that loves you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's that's the nice thing about it. Is the funny feeling though, right? Because when other guys get traded, life moves on. Like you know, we have jobs to do, right? You go go play yeah. next game, go to practice. But when you get traded, everybody leaves you. It's not fun. One thing I, I noticed in my career, when you play in different cities, you you become friends with a lot of different people, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, and you get traded and. It's hard to keep in touch. Well, we didn't have social media, which helps now. But back then, it's hard to keep in touch with all those people, right? Right. And they think you're mad at them. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? But really, like, it, it's just you move on to a, a new chapter of your, your right. life and your career. And I've had so many people think I was mad at them. And definitely not the yeah. case. But Isn't that true? Like, it just, like, as yeah. time goes on, like, if a year goes by, I think, well, geez, I need to call that person. But then another yeah. year goes by, yeah. I guess, especially with us guys as hockey players, too, it seems like, okay, if you don't talk to somebody for 20 years, well, you don't like that. But once you get back together, it's like they can never miss a beat, right? That you're still friends. So, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're friends and we didn't even know each other. I know. We were friends this week. That's true. Yeah. Isn't it true? Like we hit it off right away. So you got back in after being in Indianapolis. You went to St. Louis there. How many years were you there? I was there for uh, part of four seasons. Those were my best years. Oh, really? Okay. Good. They were just my best years. I played for. Brian Sutter was our coach. He was awesome. Yeah. He was the best coach I've ever played for, but he he really liked guys like you and I he, yeah. that, that showed up and played hard every night. And so yeah, he, uh, that's the way he played yeah. too, right? So, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Was, so, how many years in St. Louis then? Four years there? Yeah, part of four. I got traded to, um, uh, I took them to arbitration, and it was the first time anybody had ever taken them to arbitration. Oh. And I got traded to Quebec, the, a month later. Oh, is that so, right? Who was the GM yeah. of St. Louis then? Uh, Ronnie Cron was our, our GM. So it was tied to the arbitration, like he was mad at you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Really? Did you have an agent at that time or did you do yourself? No, I had an agent. It was the first time in, I think, arbitration history. You know how they, the player asks for so much, the team asks for a lot less, and usually the arbitrator, he usually meets somewhere in the middle, right? Right. But I think it was the first time in history they had warded totally to the player side. Oh, okay. And man, were they ever mad? The Blues were so mad at me. <laughs> but I, um, it's changed so much now too. That like that just would yeah. I mean, they wouldn't be happy about it maybe, but they wouldn't be mad at you to trade you to Quebec City. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. I, I don't think there's hard feelings anymore. I think yeah. it's just part of the business. But, yeah. but I got man, I got a big race. So that was oh, nice. oh, did you really good? Yeah. Nice. Was that yeah. the days Bobby Goodnow? Was he running the player association then? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They did a good job in arbitration. So when I was in the agent business, they really take over the arbitration cases, and uh, they're they're very thorough. Yeah, the uh, the salary disclosure was yeah. fairly. It was right before I went to arbitration. So like you knew, you know, your comparables, uh, you knew guy salaries, which was was huge in your case. So yeah, it's amazing how we like we used to have big discussions when I was playing in the eighties. About salary disclosure, should we do it or should we not? And look back at it, like, what were you thinking about? Of course, we should do it. Yeah, yeah. You're always you're always afraid to ask guys what they made, right? Yeah. yeah. Nobody knew. Nope, we did not yeah. know. And, yeah. and I, my locker rooms that I was in, I don't think everybody even like thought of discussing it. It just was not part of the discussion at all. But it's right. think back about it now, like that was the biggest thing hold us back in our salaries is we, we didn't know. Yeah, I remember because I think uh, Wayne Gretzky found out that, that Dave Taylor was making more than him in Los Angeles. As soon as he said that, so I'm going back in and I'm negotiating again. So. So how long were you in Quebec City? So I got traded, um, spent the rest of the year there, and then one more. I played the last year there in Quebec City before they moved to okay. to Colorado. We had a really good team, obviously, because they that, won the next year in Colorado. So that was Joe yeah. Sackick and all those guys. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 
I was an unrestricted free agent after that year in uh, the Colorado offered me close for four years and Dallas offered me more and cool. went to Dallas. So I missed a cup in Colorado. Yeah. Who was in Dallas at the time? Was uh, Madonna there? Is he still there? Yeah. 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 Bob Ganey was our coach for half a year. Okay. Hitch took over halfway through the year. Uh, How'd you like Hitch? Yeah, he was, he was great. Oh, you liked him. Okay. Good. Yeah. He was great. When he was uh, the coach for me there, they had brought in the, the you know, the face-off lines or the tees or whatever you call them, right? And I, I couldn't take face-offs again because I was the biggest cheater. Oh, yeah. 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 And then I I kept worrying, looking at my skates and getting them lined up, and then they dropped the puck and I wasn't ready. Did you get, you win the cup in Dallas? No, I got traded um, the summer before the cup. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where'd you get traded to? Calgary. Oh, I, wow. Is that where you ended up your career then in Calgary? Yeah, I, I played um, my second last year. I I played in Calgary, and then um, I went to Germany for a month, and then the Blues signed me for my last year. You kept home, obviously, in Dallas? My wife's from here, so we came back here, and okay. uh, we love it. Yeah, yeah it's a really great city. Yeah, well, beautiful. Well, when we were in town there, too, we stayed at that Canopy Hotel. It seemed like a really healthy town, too, like a, a lot of the uh, like cryogenics and all that kind of stuff there. And it's we have a re- great economy. There's cranes everywhere. They're building everywhere. So uh, why'd you retire then? Is it enough? Did you get hurt? Did you have concussions or? Yeah, just like most of us, like a body just deteriorates. My knee, I couldn't skate anymore. My back was bad. Yeah. Bob, did you see the end of the road uh, a little before that? I did. My my dad, you know, who had played and been through it, he goes, "You just you just play as long as you can." Yeah. You know and. But then here's the toughest thing for me. So my last year was in St. Louis with the Blues. So you you got teammates in the locker room. And even though the fans might not see it, they know, right? They know if you're behind and you know it. And uh, I, that that to me was, uh, I I couldn't handle that. I because, because, you know, like you play for you, yourself and your family, but as much you play for your teammates. Yeah. And... Isn't that true? That's, that's, that's the worst yeah. feeling in the world that you're letting your teammates yeah. down, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess we, like, we were both the same way. Like, we were the battlers that fought through everything, you know, and mm-hmm. always competed hard. You just couldn't do it anymore. And it's like the, the most frustrating feeling in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that really, I, my last year, I, I, you know, I was playing on one knee, but yeah, I couldn't handle just knowing that I, I mean, you contribute, but yeah. Yeah, but when you're a competitor like you were, like just contributing yeah. wasn't enough, right? Like you were a right. difference maker with your physical play and everything. So, yeah. So you retire at that point, uh, in, playing in St. Louis, you decided that was it. That was it, yeah. yeah. yeah so, that, now, so now the career ends in hockey and now you change to something else. What did you start doing for work after you retire? Within a year, I, I went, uh, the Stars hired me. I was assistant coach in the International League in Salt Lake. They had their team out there. So I was assistant coach out there for three years and I... I was the head coach was Donnie Hay. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I, you know, like you're their coach or you're not. You either put in fourteen hour days or you don't. And I, I had four little ones, little kids, and uh, I, I think it was mutual. I, I parted ways after three years, and um, but it was a great, great experience. Yeah. Well, Donnie he had a. I thought he'd have a longer career coaching NHL. I thought he was pretty good coach. He didn't last that long in the NHL, did he? Right. He didn't. Yeah. Uh, he um. I learned a lot from him though. Oh. He was he's, he's a really good man. Yeah. Man, he puts time puts some time and effort in. So you like Brian Sutter as your best coach you ever had? Yeah, Brian was the best coach I ever had. I remember him uh, we played against him in St. Louis in a playoff series uh, my first yeah. year in the 8081. And we played must have been like six games and it seemed like I was always out there. I had so much respect for him at the end. I told him in the shaking hands after and uh it actually paid off one time. He was going to run me his next season. He was going to run me and he says, "Look out, I'm coming." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he had this, um, so if you played the night before and then you saw him the next day for practice, if he punched you, you're good. Oh, okay. If he walked by you without punching you, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, so if you had a bruise, you were, you were all yeah, good. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. He was, he was a good coach. So what'd you yeah. do after coaching then? I took about uh, four, four or five years off. I, yeah, I spent time with my family and I fished and. Um, then my wife, she's just kicking me out of the door. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she loved me, but she saw too much of me. And uh, no kidding. Isn't that the truth, right? Cause you go, when you're a player, 
you're gone all the time. Like during the season, you're concentrating on your career so much. You get the summers off, but then all of a sudden now you retire and if you're around the house too. Yeah. That's where, yeah. That's where guys get themselves I've in trouble. I've got Tom twice. <laughs> I've got two, two divorces. Yeah. So I think like most guys, I had, I had a real tough time, my, especially my first year because they, you know, like September comes and you have a schedule, right? And then all of a sudden you don't have a schedule yeah. and you know, like you don't, I didn't really have anything to, uh, not to live for, but like career-wise, I had nothing, and uh, right. that was tough. I mean, I I understand what guys go through. Sure, it, it, the transition is not easy. You know, some guys get set up and they they're smart. But you say you had a hard time just like mentally dealing with it. Yeah, absolutely. You miss the game so much. Right. Uh, you miss the paycheck. <laughs> the paycheck's nice too, and um, and then you miss the guys. You miss the dressing room, yeah. and it's. It's, you know, like uh, the one thing we have in, in Dallas is we have a beautiful, as you saw, alumni room with a dressing room. And it's one of the things you miss. You yeah. miss the guys and hanging out in the dressing room. And so that that's actually one really neat thing we have here that, um, you know, checks the box. So. so how are you now then dealing with the fact you're not playing? You, I mean, are you good now? You feel you're happy with your life? Yeah, I, I really am. I've got a great job with the stars and, you know, like I, I'm director of alumni and then I work with, I do camps and clinics with kids, you know, like even when you work for the team, when the team wins, you kind of win with them. And then when they lose, you lose with them. You know, you get a little, it's not like playing, but you get a little bit of that feeling of winning and losing, right. which, so, is, which is really nice. You lead the alumni. You're the director of the alumni association. I am. Okay. Yeah. Got a good group of guys too. Like you're really tight. Like you guys skate every Friday. Yeah, we skate about every second Friday. Right. Yeah, we. It's fun. the The best part is we have this. It's called Parker College. We have their uh, masseuses in training, and they we get massages after. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what I saw? I saw the massage thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. They're training. Okay, so it's, that's that's actually good for them, right? They're getting work. When we built our alumni center, Daryl, I wanted a weight room because I was into fitness. And, yeah. And Gerald said, you, you don't need a weight room and nobody will ever use it. I said, we'll use it. Well, we don't use it, but we use it for massages. Gerald definitely does not use the... the <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a funny man, but I'll tell you, he wa I walked up to him and I hadn't seen him in a long time and he yeah. knew that I wouldn't recognize him. So he's looking at me and I had no clue who it was. He goes, it's Gerald Diddy. And I'm going, yeah, we need to lock him in the in the weight room. Well, I mean, Let, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about that recent game where you guys uh, had the Rangers come down and hung up a beating on him what, what was tom was he he was at least a minus five right <laughs> oh it's, yeah, it's, i just remember tom being by our bench talking to us all the time with his wooden stick <laughs> wooden head. i figured yeah. it'd be better than i just go get nobody skating around me at that point right i'm just standing there talking to you yes yeah. so. were helmets required because did you guys have one for tom to use no they didn't have one they, had, satellite, no, satellite they, they couldn't find one big enough so. oh they didn't have, that's why you usually wear a helmet no i usually don't because nobody can find a helmet now that's big enough for my head yeah so when I honestly, when I played, uh, I had to sign a waiver because they made a smaller lining for me that wasn't like the regular thickness. So I had to sign a waiver. And then the guys would always take my helmet and put all the pucks in it like it was a bucket after practice. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on up there, Bob. Why don't you uh, talk about the event? So uh, so we were invited, Bob, uh, headed up. Uh, I guess you do this quite a few times like with other teams too, correct? Yeah, it's well, it's our annual um, fundraiser. It's our, it's been our ninth year. Yeah, so we we've been doing it for nine years. Wow, it was great. So they bring us in on uh, on Saturday. Uh, went to the alumni room that Bob's talking about. The, the chef was fantastic too, right? He also plays with you guys. Wow, what a chef! I mean, he was incredible. Like he made yeah. all the food right in front of us, all like hors d'oeuvres basically. But man, I stood right by the food all night long. Did you? Did yeah. You let you score on him? Uh, no, he actually played very well. He was he was good. We had some good chances against him. We got down like eight to two. And I think you guys were nice to us unless back in the game. Maybe. Oh, I don't remember that. I think yeah. you guys came back. We had a great, great night hanging out in the alumni room and had the sponsors there and everything. And then the next day we got up, uh, had a lunch at uh, uh, American Airlines Arena. And the presentation was good too. Craig Ludwig uh, moderated. Uh, we had my, there's eight guys up there. Myself, Matteau, Rod Duguay, and I uh, can't remember who else was. Oh, Adam yeah, Reeves. Yeah, yeah Daryl Sador. Eddie Belfort, Lukowicz. Uh, yep, and uh, the tough guy, Al Secord. Al Secord. So Al's a good guy, too. Man, he's, he's, so he's older than I am. He's now he's a pilot. He's just about to retire after 25 years of being a pilot. Wow. Really interesting guy. So that's a great weekend for all you guys to get, you get that feel back a little bit just yeah. for the weekend. Yeah, tons of fun. You know, and like Bob said before, you know, we really didn't know each other, but it's like we've known each other for 30 years, right? And I think all guys were like that. Same thing, Craig Ludwig and everything. So it was good. 
it was fun to see guys that you never got to meet. Eddie Belfour is a real character. <laughs> he's got his own whiskey company, and uh, he got up there on the panel, and Craig Legwood says to him, okay, let me analyze this. Based on your past, do we think this is a good idea that you've got your own whiskey company? <laughs> <laughs> But then we, so we went to the, uh, the Dallas Stars played Florida in the afternoon, like at two o'clock and then we played after. So it was, uh, so there's still quite a few fans, probably like 10,000 people in the stands when we went out there to play. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. They, 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 st- well, we played two halves, two 30 yeah. minute halves. So we had, we, it's like a football game, I guess, but yeah, uh, they, we had a bunch of people stay and it happens every year. They leave. We're so slow that they leave after, yeah after, at half times. So. Well, it's funny because yeah. like Vern, Vern Fiddler retired probably four years ago. Bobby Nice's son was there, and he retired. They're wheeling on everybody, oh. right? Well, they were nice and polite, you know, because they knew someone's. There's a couple times there I thought I was really going fast, you know, and I, my feet are moving fast. I came back to the bench, and Brian Mullins laughing at me. He says, "You thought you were going faster." Which... We had Curry Lettinen in that. You, yeah. you'd, you'd win with anybody in front of you, like he. Yeah, so that's. I mean, goalie's goalie's a big deal. Yeah, and the other guy, the chef, played pretty well too. He was making. He did. Yeah, yeah. I told him he was a star, and yeah, he, he knew it too. He knew he played good. Because I think the other the other guys are saying that's probably the best game he's ever played too. He was yeah, it's probably true. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a good guy. That, that was a great weekend, though. I, I think the guys really realized what a great cause it was too. So the the main uh, uh, person for the donations was the was it the soup kitchen or what's that? Called? Yeah, they're called the Soup Mobile, and he's the soup man. They um, yeah, they've they've been feeding homeless and needy children in Dallas for twenty three years. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And I think you, you brought your sons out to an event that they put on too, right? To, so they were exposed to it? I had um, met him years ago. And then so when I reconnected, I said, we'd love to, this was right before Christmas. And I said, we'd love to maybe get our alumni down to help, you know, feed the, the homeless. And he said, well, we have two opportunities. One's on Christmas morning at uh, to go give backpacks and gifts. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get too many guys on Christmas morning. And then he said the other opportunity would be on the 24th of December. So uh, I didn't even reach out to the alumni, but my sons and I went down uh, morning of the 24th and helped give out gifts and stuff. And it's it's rewarding. It's it it makes you appreciate what you have. And my kids, my my two boys were awesome. They I think they realized they appreciated things more, but they were just loving on a bunch of people that are less fortunate, you know and. So great cause. They 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 feed over two hundred and fifty thousand meals a, a year. Oh, wow. So that much? Yeah. wow, wow. So you guys were a huge part of it. And again, thank you for yeah for uh flying to the big D. Yeah, uh, uh, fun. It was one of those weekends, you know, that you hope you're helping somebody else, but when the weekend's done, you leave. Wow, that was a fantastic time. We really yeah. enjoyed it. All the guys did. And I thought uh, Dugay wasn't too happy because Dugay thinks he can still play in the National Hockey League. Um, he, he, he's lost his legs a little bit now. <laughs> he's not happy about it. Man, I you see guys' faces, right? You, yeah. When you, and so you're just having a good time out oh, there. But yeah. like uh, Kovalev, like I could see, and Casparitis, uh, yeah. yeah. oh man. I, they, you can tell them that there's, you, you, you always have pride. Oh, yeah. Tell you. Totally, yeah. And they I mean, skate, they skate a lot too. So Casparita skates all the time down in Florida. So he's ready, ready to go. He was getting mad there because we we're all goofing around having fun. Did he hit anybody? Oh yeah, he did a couple of times too. Yeah, late in the game there, he hit a couple of guys. We had to like settle down. <laughs> One of our guys took out Ronnie Duque, yeah. and and uh, I think he was a little nervous that he yeah, he was. I, I sent him a, I sent him a, a fight video of Ronnie beating up uh, Poolin. Oh, Dave David Poolin. So. I know in the years past when we both had better legs, uh, we'd play in alumni games and we always put Doogie on one side, me on the other team because we were like the best shape with everybody. So I would tell all the guys on my team, I said, listen, it's okay to hit Ron Doogie. Just don't let him score goals, but you can hit him too. And he'd get, he'd get frustrated at the end of the game because he hadn't scored. He's taking slap shots and everything. So it was pretty funny. Well, Bobby, you're doing a fantastic job there uh, uh, with what you're doing, well, your whole life in general, but just what you're doing with the alumni there. Great causes, raising money, getting a lot of guys. I think it's great for the guys, too. Like I know everybody had a ton of fun uh, the weekend, so uh, you've done a great job with that alumni association. Yeah, I appreciate it. A, a guy like Daryl Sador is a good example. Yeah. He, he won a cup here. He hadn't, he might have been back once, and, uh, you know, so he hadn't been back in about 20 years, and he just, he brought his wife and his yeah. youngest son and he just had such a good time like you i think sometimes we take it for granted when we're local and we 
we surround our, ourselves with a fellow alumni, but um, those guys really miss being around. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, you, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you feel for Daryl too, because he went through his tough times. He had to get some help for himself and he's come through it. I admire those guys that do that kind of stuff. I don't know if they feel down about themselves, but I look at it as a real positive. You know, a lot of people don't get help that they need. He did. He reached out, got help. So I, I to me, I think he's an incredible, incredible person for doing that too, for him and his family. So he's a great example. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, I, I just, uh, I just so appreciated him and his family coming and, yeah. and being part of it. And, you know, it was interesting. Uh, so the, on Saturday, about Saturday afternoon, he texted me and said, uh, like, do you have O'Doul's at the dinner tonight? So he's proactive. I, I, I just really appreciated that because we, we didn't even think of that. And, but now I will. And, uh, he wanted to hang out with the guys. And so yeah. that was really cool. And doing that's the thing about the hockey world too, right? Especially when we're playing, I think we all feel, well, that's why I admire you so much too. you your religion is so important to you. You don't really care what everybody else is thinking. It's, that's what your life is all about. But very often in the hockey world, we all get stuck in that and we dress the same way, talk the same way. And I think as we get older, like to do what Daryl did and get help for himself, I'm sure part of what he was thinking was, uh, how are people going to look at me, right? And again, I think I'm very proud of the hockey community because I think we all look at people like him, like you're talking about, that we, re we really admire him for doing what he did to get himself help. So that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, again, thank you very much for the weekend you had us down in Dallas. Thank you for coming on the show. I really, I mean this very seriously. I totally admire you and your attitude, your, your way you live your life. So I'm glad we're, uh, glad we're friends now. I'm not trying to hurt each other on the ice. So. Yeah, that's, this is the best part. <laughs> definitely, definitely is. Yes. Yeah. All right, Bob. Great to see you again. Listen, I'd love to come down to Dallas again too. Don't forget me. All right. I'll, I'll come anytime. Man, I appreciate you having me on the show. And, um, uh, again, we want to come to New York. Yeah. want to, uh -huh. Yeah. Okay, so, push, I'll push. Jackie's our girl there. We'll push there and get that done. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right, Bob. Great to see you again. Thanks yeah. Thank you, Tom. Tom, I appreciate it. There you go. See you, bye. Yeah. Okay, bye. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.